Welcome to Out of the Blank. Oh my god, you messed up my intro, man. I that's what I do. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast with Kelly Diffie. Kelly, yeah, long, long time artist, long time friend, explorer of the deep and explorer of the unknown. Greetings, earthlings. Tell me about all about the Anaki, whatever they're called. What is the Anunnaki? Sounds like a French well, dip. There's a couple of different things about the Anunnaki, and it's funny because the Hopi out here in my area have a group called the Anak, I believe, which are ant people who came up from the underground and taught them how to plant like corn, beans, and rice in this area, like the three main staples, I guess. Um, and you know that's that's their legend, and they resemble a lot of the stories of the Anunnaki, I guess. Um, in why the fact that they're why does arizona have all like the cool stuff like arizona has like all the best like food spots arizona has like weather bases arizona has like all the cool area 51 text it has to be the heat the heat has to be so dry that it just makes people lose their minds cooks their brains slowly like an egg on a driveway but somehow that's the most creative thing ever because it inspires so many artists well check this out actually it's funny you should bring up the weather thing arizona has you know there are 14 natural climate zones that exist in the world, and Arizona has 13 of those here. Can you name um, them? I cannot name all of them, but I know that tropical is the only one that we don't actually have here. So there's like Arctic and then arid desert and you know whatever and all these different things in between, you know, and I don't, I don't know what all of the other climate zones are, but where I live, we get we we can get I mean, I've been in snowstorms here that had 86 inches of snow that fell in three days. And then if you drive two hours south of here, it's 125 degrees. So, and there's like such a range of like temperatures and and weather patterns like all around the state. It's so wild. Like if you drive an hour in any direction, you're going to be like in a completely different climate zone than you were an hour before. And it's kind of wild. So plan accordingly. Yeah, definitely. You need to have like you need to have see an umbrella, high... <laughs> snowshoes. You need to have a winter jacket. You need to have a tank top. You need to have sandals, and just make sure you're not wearing sandals and socks because that's a sign of someone who might be unhealthy. You know, there's a <laughs> very unhealthy. <clears throat> it's funny you should say that because we get these hikers who come up from phoenix you know phoenix is a really hot spot in the world you know what i mean it's 120 degree desert it's a great place to bury a body yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of desert between here and phoenix but um so these hikers come up and they want to do our mountains you know they want to hike our mountains and stuff and like on an 80 degree day or whatever and they don't realize that they're going to wind up um with like heat stroke and like 
some serious sunburns um we get hikers that die up here all the time from like down south because they don't take into account the fact that we're at 7,500 foot elevation and the solar radiation here is much more intense than it is at sea level or at 2,000 foot elevation um you know we're a mile closer to the sun here and while a mile doesn't seem like a lot when you're talking about vertical elevation in on our planet a mile is is quite a bit and so it gets really like it snowed here, I think in 67 or 64, I don't remember. The neighbors were telling me about it um, here a while back. And then I did some research into it and it did in fact snow here on July 4th, um, like in 67 or maybe 64. <clears throat> Robert um, Sauce Glazed, he, he, he remembers that. Um. <laughs> that happens to do with the younger dryest impact hypothesis when i was talking to george howard about the younger dryest which is like the comet impact that actually might have been multiple impacts not just one that you know wiped out the dinosaurs and calls this like ice age type thing um they he talked about um on a july 4th it was snowing out um this was like a while ago it's kind of like the the carrington event where there was like an electrical storm and like oh my god i'm gonna blank on the name but it's some other country had an electrical storm where it was like they could literally use their radios without the batteries being hooked in like there was so much electricity in the air i mean do you think like when you're looking at the hikers though do you blame the hikers stupidity i mean i bet you they packed like fruit snacks and stuff they packed like probably things to keep like some of them probably keep hydrated wearing one of those camelback things i just want to pop a hole in when they're walking um but then people pack like fruit snacks, they pack a bunch of stuff. And then what if you talk about like trying to understand solar exposure, radiation from the sun, nobody's going to even that's not taught to us. That's something you got to like look up and learn. So that's, I don't know if that's a person issue or that's just an education issue. Yeah, you know, and it's hard to say really, um, but it is definitely an issue. You know what I mean? Like, Did you know warm water actually burns fat? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I it's did a bodybuilding trip. Cold, cold water will actually burn fat. Cold water actually doesn't. Cold water actually does the opposite because during times of winter, during times of it cold, most people like here bears hibernate. They eat a bunch, put on a lot of weight so they can you know hibernate during the winter. Water does the same thing. It could actually shock your cells, and your cells actually do this type of thing where instead of burning fat, they actually try and hold on to it. So it actually is harder to burn, which is so weird because at my work, you know, I work at a gym, they always give out cold waters and stuff. But I just watched an interview with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was like, Yeah, hey, you gotta you gotta drink hot water. And I'm like, What what? And then you look it up and you're like, What? But nobody likes hot water, but apparently hot water gets the body like burning, all the cells start heating up and they start being able to hit this metabolic kind of uh, I wouldn't, I don't even know the correct term for it, but it's just citizen science. That's <laughs> what I love about citizen science. But I mean, I had to verify it came from Mike Tyson. He's a, he's in a great shape. And then I look it up and next thing you know, it tells you, no, warm water is actually better for burning fat. You're like, well, oh my God. I know they, like they always, my doctors always tell me, you know, cause I deal with a lot of digestive issues and I always hear like drink a cup of room temperature water first thing in the morning, like eight ounces of. It helps, it helps with your stomach acid as well too. Yeah, it's supposed to help neutralize the stomach acids and get things, click, you know, going and stuff and start that metabolism process. But I think it's strange that you mentioned that at your gym, they give out cold water because nobody wants hot water. Well, in PE, though, in physical ed, they always told us, like, after extreme, like, you don't want to drink cold water because it can actually, 
your body being so hot and then you drink the cold you want to drink like room temperature water after a workout because it 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 the cold water can put you into shock a state of shock and it's actually really bad for your heart i'm pretty sure that's like if like you're doing an extreme activity i don't know how many freaking gym kids are doing extreme activities they're just picking their nose and wiping you're talking you're talking about fucking coming up and doing three hours of cardio man like i'm thinking three i drink a bang energy drink i'm not drinking water water's for cheap people (laughs) a bang energy drink sounds even better for you after cardio i'm telling you man we got cotton candy flavor pina colada flavor whatever you want they have it do we get to talk about your yeah talk about what that's fine it's fine never mind what my hair your hair your hair it's <laughs> good i gotta get hair I, I know you need to get a haircut it does look a little bushy i see what you're saying and it's kind of wild that it like came out like it's you know, it's only been a couple of weeks since you've had a haircut. i don't know I what's going on haircut. dude i'm pretty sure i'm dying it's like that movie with um what is it john travolta where he can like he like randomly for a couple months he has superpowers that's like what's happening with me i probably have like some type of tumor where it's just adding things i don't know i mean if i could start levitating buildings and shit that'd be awesome huh all right so i got i got i got a couple topics for you one i want to talk about because this has been stuck in my head since you said it to me so for people listening i give kelly a phone call usually when i'm like out doing stuff like i'm driving around or something i have my headphones in and i'm walking into stores and kelly's just eavesdropping (laughs) to me as i'm checking out at registers and things and i'm like yeah thank you and i'm being polite and i'll have a nice day and all this type of stuff he just goes i love being a fly on the wall i love being that's what he says to me he goes i i just wish i could do this like all my life is be a fly on the wall I'm like you're not being a fly on the wall you're eavesdropping in on my fucking conversation (laughs) so he found this out as because i said it to him and then what he tries to do is make me bust out laughing while i'm in the middle of a line or something <laughs> so like somebody's ringing me out and he could tell it's a girl because he hears her voice and he starts going ask her to international house of pancake and i just can't <laughs> stop dying laughing in the middle of the line the lady's looking at me like, what the hell <clears throat> i had so many people that were staring at me like what is he talking i'm like they obviously could tell i'm talking through bluetooth but I think they were just some people just didn't like wrap it around their head. I wasn't being obnoxious. I would talk like maybe once I would say a word every like 10 minutes or so because I don't like people <laughs> talking on their Bluetooth either. And Kelly knows he he would say something. And if I wouldn't respond, he would just keep talking. So then he would get the next thing you know, we're talking for three hours about fucking aliens and how they're like LinkedIn, which we're going to end up talking about because I told you I would save a good four hours this episode for you to just go into depth on the aliens topic. But that was one of the topics. And I have blanked on the other one. Um, we you you said that we could talk about my art a little bit. Um, I don't remember so, that, but okay. Yeah, well, you said you wanted to you wanted to talk God, about the art a little bit. Yourself. You well, of course, you know. I mean, but it's different art. It's not the normal art. It's not Hoffel's art this time. Okay. I'm doing like fine art projects. You're painting naked in the middle of Joshua Tree. Yes. No. I should be. I'm going to be painting live um, here like two times in August. I've got live shows coming up. One is going to be at the Town Square. um, And then the other one is going to be at the Orpheum Theater for Jerry Garcia's birthday. So that's kind of cool. I was pretty stoked to be invited to do these two um, events, Um, especially because I have like a gallery starting up on August 1st at one of the local coffee shops. So I'll be able to kind of shamelessly self-promote myself at the art walk that night on August 1st also, since I'll be doing the live painting there in the square. And that's pretty exciting because 
I don't get it. I don't often get a chance to showcase showcase my live art, and I do like spray paint art. Um, so, like, I won't be doing spray paint art at the Orpheum because it's an indoor venue. So I have to like tone it down and do acrylic hand paints there and stuff. So, you know, it, it's it's pretty exciting to get to do a live spray paint art exhibition um, because my art's cool to look at, but when you watch me actually do the art, um, I've had people be like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Because you don't expect. You know, you see me like spray painting, spray paint, spray paint, and I take like maybe a magazine page or just whatever, a glove and, you know, on my hand and do whatever with the painting. And then a few minutes later, it comes to fruition and it's an entire, it comes like all together as one piece cohesive and people are like, holy shit, like I would, I didn't see that coming. So that's one of the cool aspects of my art and what really kind of helps to sell the art that I make. Um you said, you know, it's cool to look at, and there's enough people who buy it, you know, out of gallery and stuff like that. Um, but doing a live art exhibition is always a lot, a lot more fun than, than you know, just trying to peddle your wares someplace. So why don't you just start spray painting buildings? Well, you know, and I actually talked to um, the police here about doing spray art and they were like you have to actually even watch your overspray um so they were like you know you can't just obviously can't just go up and start spray painting other people's property um i would like to do some murals and there was a hotel owner that i spoke to yesterday um about some art and he asked me can you do mural and i was like well i'd have to see the space and you know we have to discuss like what kind of mural it is because mural art is different for everybody you know what i mean like I can do some landscape mural art and I can do some spacecape mural art, but if you want me to come in and like paint like horses and shit on your side of your building, uh, that's not going to happen. Like I can't do that. You wouldn't paint my kid's nursery. Um, I could do some nursery work, you know what I mean? But a lot of that would be like stencil type work and stuff like that. I feel like, um, like could you do it when they're in the crib in the room? I could do it. And while they're in the crib in the room, actually, because I wouldn't use, yeah, I wouldn't use any kind of sprays or anything like that. I would have to use like, like uh, non-toxic latexes and stuff like that. And we don't have any non-toxic paints in this world. They have lots of non-toxic paints, and we use it for body paint all the time. Yeah, they're toxic. You can't. You can't. Now tell them to come see me in thirty years when their hair is falling out because they got stage four or something. <laughs> I don't think everybody that gets body paint is going to wind up with stage four or something. Um, but you yeah, remember those you know, commercials I mean, they used to have where they're selling like deodorant or something like that or body wash and the person had like a spray painted baseball outfit on maybe washing off the baseball outfit I was like this is a very provocative commercial but it's okay they didn't show any nip mm-hmm. right the areola as long as you got that aerosol cover then covering that areola we're good yeah <clears throat> yeah it's kind of amazing but that doesn't I mean that only goes that only works for women like it doesn't count for men i think like yeah, why did show... men get to show their nipples yeah you know it's interesting that um this this like this topic i don't even know if i want to get into this topic man. <laughs> why <laughs> like, because i feel like there could be like there it like opens up so many like doors because you know men's bodies are sexualized all the time and then women talk about how you know, they don't like to be the object of sexualization. Yeah, let's not go down that route. Yeah, you know, I mean, so it's just like, there's a, to me, it seems like a very one-sided argument that 
can be a really really touchy subject for a lot of people and i i mean i don't appreciate the fact that men's bodies can be so sexualized whereas we can't sexualize Jesus women's Christ. bodies all right or... next topic good anyway God. you sucked <clears throat> us down an awkward rabbit hole you got to raise hey, your energy I level up or something you, you're bringing me down you, with your hey, mellow mood i'm not mellow i was you're sitting there like, oh, man, we're just in the back and I'm mumbling yeah, on this. It's very time. irritating, yeah. It's, you know, I got very strongly opinionated about that subject. Okay. You know? Glad to know I got one of your trigger points in the bank. Oh, yeah. Trigger. <laughs> now, so this is another thing we were going to discuss. The fact that no matter what the hell you and I are talking about, <clears throat> um, like, we could be discussing the fact that you make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out of peanut butter and jelly and bread, and as soon as I hit the bong, it like discredits like everybody's oh my god it's oh, a yeah. fucking pothead well, you, you, you know, say like, you say some really insightful shit sometimes and then like when you say it you immediately hit the bong and the next thing you know i'm like anybody listening that just heard like oh this guy actually like this is like good information you just freaking it all gets disabled that's why i was like why might as well just talk about the alien topic i mean i told you i would give you a whole good amount of time to go into it and stuff so where would you like to start well let's start with the bong hit shall we okay so should i set the scene i don't I don't know what the what exactly about aliens do you think that they are? Do you think that I think it's government tech or weather phenomena? I mean, is it possible to think that it just could be like a mirage that everyone's seeing a mix of like light plasma or some type of ion beams that are in the air that were just swamp gas? That seems to be the common explanation for most of these things, right? Do you live near a swamp? I don't live near a swamp, but that doesn't seem to matter to the federal government when they're explaining swamp gas and how it works is you know um usually we get the explanation of flares um phoenix lights you know big big one like probably possibly the largest um public ufo sighting of all time took place here in 1994 that the hezdalen lights i'm sorry the hezdalen lights the phoenix lights i've never heard of that You've never heard of the Phoenix Lights? I've heard of the it, made, it was on, it was like the Phoenix Lights was actually like had national news coverage, live national news when? coverage. 1994. I wasn't fucking born. Well, it is <laughs> potentially the largest. It's something you should research and check into. It is one of the, uh, like I said, one of the largest um, public UFO sightings um, on record. There were thousands of people who called and uh, like filed like, police reports about these lights and i mean there's doctors that have like actual doctors and shit that managed to get these lights on film these lights were like there were i think seven lights and they spread over like almost a mile across um it came in through black canyon it it supposedly clipped part of a cliff when it came in and caused some damage to the landscape to the area and these cliff walls were almost a mile apart three quarters of a mile apart um <clears throat> what I mean, of, like what's hard the governor to... the governor got in some trouble for like making light of the subject it was it's been a, it's a pretty big it's a pretty big thing man it's a pretty big ordeal i get secrets are important in the world like i get the government's probably up to a lot of things you're not allowed to know about but also like i have a very small percentage if you pulled up on a bar graph or a pie chart or something that it's like other world stuff. I'm not saying there isn't other world stuff out there. It's just I haven't we have I, I that I know of. You know what I mean? Like I believe it's more government stuff because the more you learn about the government and the stuff that they're doing, you're just like you guys are so advanced that we just look like children. Well, and, could 
couldn't it be a combination? I mean, why does it have it to be. be just extraterrestrial? It could be all. It could be, be, all, like, it could be weather in. phenomena. It could be aliens. It could be. Well, we call them extraterrestrial, but you know, we talked about that. We mentioned this earlier. The Anunnaki, the Anak, um, the Hopi believed that they were the ant people who came up out of the ground. So that's not extraterrestrial. That's that shit's in. I can't. I don't know if I can get down with that one. That's like when my buddy tells me gravity isn't real. I'm just kind of like, I can try and see it from your perspective. But it's just, I, I don't know. So we have these guys, man, in history, like Jules Byrne, um, who wrote the book, Journey to the Center of the Earth. <clears throat> but then we have these other guys, like Admiral Byrd, who was a U.S. Navy admiral, um, who is credited with exploring basically the world. Um, he was the first guy to you know, explore Alaska, or and I'm sorry, not Alaska, the North Pole, and, you know, the first guy to, like, lead expeditions into Antarctica um, in the modern time. Do you have a window? <clears throat> uh, all my windows are open. It's been, like, fucking 100 degrees here. So I got to hear your bird chirp every single Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The bird chirp. <clears throat> Love it. Sorry. Nothing I can do about that, man. Shut we don't have air conditioning. We, we, we don't have AC in Flagstaff. Open up your freezer. You'll be okay. Uh, wait a minute right. you don't have ac in flagstaff yeah people like people here don't have it's a very uncommon thing to have air conditioning here in flagstaff because again it can get up to like we get like 108 inches of snow a year you know i mean it snows like nine months out of the year here or can potentially snow and even maybe more up to 11 i've seen it snow in june here um i've seen it snow in september here um i've seen it snow in every month i personally have seen it snow in every month except for july and august here um so like i said you know reports are that that it snowed in july in 67 here is that your only date to refer to is like fucking 60 years ago well i mean it's pretty interesting that the fourth of july is i mean it was 100 degrees that day and it was snowing here <clears throat> so it's just wild that that that, that even happened but <clears throat> you know i don't know what any of the specific dates like I remember seeing like it snow like June 7th here a couple of years ago and it wasn't a heavy like it wasn't like ah blizzard conditions but it was snow in June and I've never lived any place that that happened before except for here in Flagstaff so go back to the Anak or whatever you're talking about the Anak so the terrestrial aliens you know I mean there are things that have probably lived here long before we showed up here you know what i mean like we as a we as humans uh, in the hundred thousand years or two hundred thousand years that we have existed here have managed to dig all kinds of underground tunnels and shit so i can only imagine that perhaps civilizations that predated us also did that shit um did things like that Jules, like I was saying, you know, Jules Byrne, so Admiral Byrd is where we were at, um, journey to the center of the earth, the hollow earth theory, you know, like in India, it's a common belief. I, 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 um, in those, in that part of the world, it's a more common belief than it is here. Um, but Admiral Byrd talks about, they were flying over, you know, the North pole or flying towards the North Pole, flying over the North Pole region of the Earth, and they could see large animals that resembled like woolly mammoths going in and out of these holes 
in the ground. And so they land their airplane, they get out, they go into these holes, they journey into the earth where they discover that there's an independent light source. And this is all documented shit, man. This is like, this guy is not like some sort of like whack job, like, you know, whatever. This guy has got some, some credit under his, his belt. He's got some street cred. He's got some, you know, some shit going on here for him. Admiral Bird is not a, is not a character that is known for telling tall tales. And so they talk about oranges on the trees that are the size of watermelons and seeing creatures that they believe that we believe to have been extinct for 65 million years, uh, perhaps some sort of dinosaurs um, that were inside of the hollow earth area is tropical type environments and very Vernian, very Jules Vernian. So when you read what Admiral Byrd said about this discovery and you compare it to Jules Verne journey to the center of the earth, there's a lot of striking similarities. Now it's not so far-fetched maybe to believe that there were some environmental conditions that may have been playing into um, you know, like, for example, I guess Admiral Byrd, whenever he was at the South Pole, um, had been exposed, like, later on, years later, had been exposed to, like, some CO2 poisoning or whatnot, um, and when you're in extreme weather conditions, I'm sure there's lots of things that can, that can play into, you know, like, what you see, think, and feel, but from, you know, from reading his his memoirs on the subject, reading what he wrote about on the subject, and from hearing like third-party accounts of what he had discussed, it doesn't seem like, you know, like he wasn't in a state of duress, mental duress, when he wrote about these this event, you know, taking place or these events taking place. So it seems very credible. And again, because of, you know, the things that he was credited with, like his testimony is considered very credible on a lot of things. Um, but then they just kind of pick and choose, you know, it's just, just like anything with anybody, you know, you kind of pick and choose what you're going to believe they said and what you don't believe they said or whatever, man. And it seems very like arbitrary, but <clears throat> I think you get a lot of people up to a certain point and then you got some people that drop off. Like, I don't necessarily believe in a hollow earth. I don't, I believe that the earth definitely has a core to it. I've talked to a lot of people who study that. Um, but I'll, I, I, I'll definitely listen to the idea of it. I mean, it sounds fascinating. I think it's probably more easy to believe that he might've had some type of influence of some, something that could be something. I think we're, we're obviously we're a product of our environment. And I think that there's a lot of things and depending how close you get, depending on where you're going, you could probably be exposed to some more carbon or more, whatever that can honestly maybe lose some oxygen to your brain that causes you to hallucinate and see a lot of things. I mean, hold on, hold on. I had a teacher in seventh grade who talked about that. Her, one of her best friends through school died on a diving trip because he went to so low of underwater that he started hallucinating and he took off his mask thinking that a fish was drowning and tried to swim after this fish trying to put the mask on the fish so i mean 
we don't like our minds. I give so much room when it comes to these ideas, things That's why I like listening about it. It's why I like learning about it. And people can say like, why would you listen to a conspiracy or why would you listen to these crazy crackpot ideas? We have science to tell us. I'm like, we have to entertain both sides. I think we need to know about science. We need to try and qualify things. It's a weird part about of our species is that we need to have a label in every detail and every aspect of everything that can be considered unknown. So we can explore the full unknown of it. That's why space is so fascinating. Then we have the other side of it, where a lot of it leads up to this mystical wisdom that a lot of people do believe that it is around us. And I like both ideas of it. I don't toss any of them out. I, I must, as much as I knock religion, I support religion a lot too. I think it just there's extremes on things that I draw lines on. And when we talk about like the origins of where we come from, I don't know. Not everyone knows. People could say Darwinism or uh, evolution. You know, that's 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 what we go by. But also there's a lot of people that necessarily don't believe in evolution either. I mean, the weird part is, is that out of all the species on this planet, it's ours specifically that has evolved so rapidly and been able to become the top of the food chain, which I think it raises the question of we still have things now we don't understand. We don't know what consciousness is. Consciousness is not awareness. Consciousness is not any of this. Consciousness is something that we cannot explain. And people are trying to figure it out. And it's anybody's best guess. I'm not saying that we are limited to the technology that is surrounding us as well, too. But I don't know necessarily when it starts with the creation of man. People talk about us being shrews. We started off shrews coming out from under the earth. You know, these little like mole people type things. I mean, that even in some science categories is labeled as that's how it uh, we started. You know, you could talk about a comet impact or something and people being forced to hide underground and then eventually people being, you know, braving out into the new world and separating from homo sapiens to homo ingenious, whatever you want to call it, all these different rabbit holes. I mean, you check the trail of our ancestry, our bones, we're not the only ones like homo sapiens that have just evolved this way. There's been other things that have different categories and different branches. And there's things that are here that are older than us. There's little particles in the air that are way older than us, ancient microbials at the bottom of the ocean. So when it comes to the origin of life, when it comes, I mean, there's a class literally in every institution, basically oversees everything that studies the origin of life. It goes from space, it goes to evolution, it goes to to um, uh, and so many different factors that go in biology that's labeled into it. I mean, every kind of concept and every single science really kind of under tries to understand the origin of life. And I think that's what makes it kind of even more fascinating is because it's something that can't be left to mystery. It's something that can't be believed to do this. And this is where we start drawing the line between fact and conspiracy. And that's what I just wish people would understand is like, there's dangerous conspiracies or there's what I would call dangerous fantasies, which is where they end up hurting people. But if it's something that someone believes in like a religion, that is just them to them, they don't need to push it on anybody else. Then I can understand it. If you believe there's a hollow earth, my best friend doesn't believe that there's gravity. So I get it. I mean, I just I, I think that there needs to be an open willingness to understand some things, because who the hell can say that it couldn't be a combination of everything? Well, you know, and that's the thing is all of these practices, all these disciplines, they all want to discover the origin of life or the origin of whatever or anything. They want to discover anything. And none of them want to shake hands. None of them want to share information. It's like the CIA and the FBI, how they work against each other constantly. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like. And that's the way it is in religion. That's the way it is in, in politics. That's the way it is in everything that we education. You know, it's like it's all compartmentalized and nobody really like they don't take the time to like 
mesh and meld everything together. You know, there's 12 major religions on the planet, um, which I find kind of interesting. Um, and there's a bunch of subsects of religions, but there are 12 like major religious, and I don't know what all of them are. It's like considered to be like the Aluru, uh, which is um uh, like australian or new zealand um origins um we got like the zulu you've got like catholicism and um i don't know the proper if it's if you want to call it um islamic belief or muslim belief and then you've got you know you've got um i don't know there's a, there's a bunch of them. there's 12 of them that and then all the other kind of things is sort of like fall under that those umbrella that umbrella but <clears throat> i tend to think that there's a little bit of truth in each of these cultural beliefs or religious beliefs and that it's kind of mired in a bunch of bullshit and we kind of have to wade through a bunch of the bullshit to kind of glean the the little aspects of truth from from the story so the 12 major religions are christianity judaism buddhism shinto islam Sikhism, I'm sorry if I say that wrong, Confucianism, Jainism, Hinduism, Taoism, Baha'i, and Zoroastrianism. Okay, Zoro that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the, the weird part is, is like, you can make, what is it, fucking, what is it? Oh, God, I'm gonna, where's Cthulhu? What, who was the writer that made Cthulhu? Alistair Crowley. So you can make like that be a religious type thing as well too and then there's parody religions a dude and like what was it well Harvard and that, those or all, but they, again, they all fall under dude like, how the hell are you gonna cut me off man because i want to explain to you something real quick let me say something it's called a conversation Just wait till someone's done talk you don't interrupt people in conversation do you yeah sometimes i do yeah, when i asshole feel like move. Make... that's a power move that's a donald trump handshake move hey let me do that right there <laughs> for those of you at home who do not have the the luxury or in your car who do not have the luxury of seeing that i just shook robbie's hand virtually um so the thing is about that robbie now see you got me sidetracked you got me distracted i was going to interrupt you with something important to say can i go back to what i was saying go back to what you're saying so, so even like a powerful sci-fi writer or somebody who's powerful and just literature works or someone who's very convincing it's why cults start people's gate heaven's temple whatever you want to call it they can literally with enough time if it's not checked and that's why i think a lot of things like are like very scared when it comes to conspiracy like q and and all that it's because there's a line that gets drawn where they can convince people to do horrible shit but there's also a thing of when it's not checked it's seen as like this could lead down a disastrous route so that's why we we really haven't had like major changes to like just dominant structures in the world like government business political things it's like it's easier to squash out the competition and fear that maybe not an aspect of competitiveness maybe that's what it is now but on a factor of they just don't necessarily want to agree with maybe where it's heading assumptions are kind of everything in this world assumptions really are kind of everything in this world and you know i don't know why we don't have experienced any sort of change in the structure um, and I think it is, you're right, it is just easier just to crush the competition at this point, um, whenever you have, and that's how I feel about education, it's indoctrination. Um, I've gone to school for years and years and fucking years, and 
some classes I have excelled at and some classes I have failed miserably at because I just don't buy into the bullshit. And when I question the authority, then I'm told that, well, either fall into fucking line because this is how it is and this is how it's taught and this is what's going on or fail the fucking class. And it's like, but wait, you know, like I'm not being taught to think. I'm being taught to follow. You're not here to lead me. You're here to have me follow you. And there's a difference. <clears throat> and that well, difference I, is I think it's dangerous when you're you just gonna interrupt me like that. Is that how you well you stopped like you were gonna wait for me well, to I was, say something? It was dramatic pause. <clears throat> I don't think so. I think you I were was really thinking, waiting for me I was concentrating. Okay. But go ahead, continue. All right. I mean you can go if you want to go. No, go ahead. Um, the education system, I think, is important. I think you need to have education, but I necessarily don't agree with the foundation that it's been built on. Um, mostly, if you're teaching a narrative, it's not the best one. I get that there's a point like it really kind of boils down to government in a sense. I don't have a problem um, with government. I think government's needed, but I do have a problem with when people talk about the simulation, people talk about living in this thing that seems like it's resetting there's the simulation theory and there's many people that have seen observations deja vu all these concepts that they believe in i don't go that far but what i do say is that it's not really a simulation it's more like a system and i think it started when the industrial revolution really took off um not only did you see a spark in what people say like climate change is like kind of where it started but you see also just a system that started getting set in place i mean we had child labor you know at age of seven or six you would go to a fucking factory and work now society has changed and society has so much power. I just think it's much easier to get us divided on things to not change the system that's set in place. And the system that's set in place, you necessarily don't even know you're in. I didn't know I was in it until I stepped on a line. And next thing I know, I fall out of the system and now I can't stop stepping on those fucking lines. I would really like to see you have a, a, a discussion sometime with an expert on the language of Black's Law Dictionary. I don't even know what that is. Uh, yeah, most people don't. Um, Black's Law Dictionary is the dictionary that the court uses. Um, judges use it. Lawyers use it. It's a special language. And it, it has different meanings. Words have different meanings in Black's Law Dictionary than they do for you and I. Like, for example, you may have heard a judge say, now, Mr. Robertson, I'm sure you're a good person. Try and it. the first thing, the first thing that you should say to that is fucking prove it. Prove that I am a good person because a good person does not mean what you fucking think it means. It does not mean the same in layman's terms as it does in Black's Law Dictionary. And I'm not going to go into the full breakdown of it or even the partial breakdown of it. But if you'd like to, you can purchase a Black's Law Dictionary online and then That's look true. up the definition of a good person. The Amazon this shit. Hang on a second. Oh, yeah, dude. <clears throat> Well, I mean, like conspiracy theory, that's that was created by the CIA, but also it's legal language. Like when people go like, oh, that's a conspiracy. It's like, you know, there's a conspiracy to commit violence, but we accept that as people. We just don't accept the fact of like when it goes into like fairy tales or magic things. You said it's called Black Law Dictionary? Black's Law Dictionary. Hey, there's a Wikipedia on it. Mm. Imagine that. Online Dictionary is the most widely used law dictionary in the United States. Henry Campbell Black was the author of the first two editions of the dictionary. I bet I can get better results if I hit Black Law Dictionary issues. Mm. 
it's funny how terms produce different search results. I gotta eat some crackers here. Maybe some, maybe even some yogurt. I'm starving. But so, yeah, I mean, considered one of the most valuable reference tools available to the legal community, Black's Law Dictionary pocket edition <laughs> provides more than 21,000 clear, concise, and precise definitions for more than 15,000 terms. This is the essential companion of the full 11. Oh, this is just selling 41 fucking dollars. Mm -hmm. Is it going to help me get out of jail if I'm in jail? I'm not going to help you get out of jail if you're in jail, but it could help you stay out of I've jail. I've won two court cases. I'm I'm 2-0, so I don't care. Um, I beat John Hopkins, and I beat State of Maryland, so <laughs> I'm about fucking hit the big ones, my boy. That's a little different than a criminal case, though. I don't do any. I don't do anything bad. Well, a lot of people Maybe don't, but that doesn't just because just because you don't do anything bad doesn't mean you can't be accused of doing something bad. That's very and true. A lot, that happens to a lot of people, <laughs> and we're finding out more and more that that's happening to a lot of people in the American justice system, and has throughout the eighties and nineties, especially when we talk about, you know, um, cases involving black men in the south. <laughs> What's crazy is that we accept it when it's like people that we just don't like because the media shows us that we don't like them. We accept a lot of things that when we do like things, um, you know, for example, if when new laws are signed in, uh, if, if the law, if we like the law, we go along with it. It's peaceful acceptance. And then if all of a sudden they do something that we don't like or that we feel like they're sliding us, then, you know, there's riots and, and, and demonstrations and protests and people uprising, you know, rah, rah, rah. so, but it's the same people making the same, you know, the same people who make the laws, whether we agree with them or disagree with them. It's just a matter of whether we agree with them or disagree with them that makes it, you know, and you're never going to get everybody, you're never going to make everybody happy. You're always going to have like, find like a split. I don't care what the subject is, what the topic is. <sighs> There are people out there whose goal is to fucking make everybody in the world mentally disabled. There are organizations dedicated to this. What? Doubt me, Google it. Check it out sometime. Um, <clears throat> Down syndrome. They want everybody to have Down syndrome because it's awesome. Who? Who? Shut up. That's a little too far. I can't go with you on I, that one. I I'm not even going to Google dude, that. It's going to put me dude, on a fucking watch list. Dude, you got to check that shit out, man. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Hey, that... What are the you Georgia guide, the, Georgia, the Georgia Guidestones. I don't even know what those day. are. I know. I saw that. I don't even know what those are, though. So I you don't know what the Georgia guide. No, oh, man, that's crazy, dude. Shit. So like in the like in the like sometime in the 80s, maybe or 90s, these this like megalithic structure appeared out of nowhere. Nobody knows who's responsible for it. Nobody knows who put it the fuck up. And it's written in like. 12 or 15 different languages or all 14 different languages or some shit and it fucking says things like they want to reduce world population to like two percent of what it currently is <laughs> why didn't anybody like take that out earlier i feel like that a politician would be like they know our fucking plan and try and get rid of it dude it's if you read if you if you research the georgian guidestones like the things that this it, it's wild dude it was I don't know, man. There's like, and it's that's conspiracy. It's more of your conspiracy talk. You know what I mean? When I mean, it's like, as soon as you bring up the Georgia Guidestones, you got people who are like, well, it's conspiracy. Well, 
man, somebody put those fucking stones there. And these stones weigh like tons. It is not just fucking like somebody went out and fucking spray painted some shit on the side of a building. These fucking, there's a structure that was erected that's like 15 feet tall. And again, is like I said, it has languages, like 14 different languages on it. And it talks about like population control and depopulation of the earth and how, what the, what like the elite, the elite, like it's almost like a, a playbook for like what they want to do in the future and how they want to, you know, the, the, the way that we should live. It's almost like a 10 commandments sort of thing for who knows who, because who knows who the fuck put it up there? Nobody knows who put it up. I watched a, I watched a documentary on Scientology and this all loops in together. Mm -hmm. I get it. I really do. I fucking hate Scientology. I, I mean, not like as much as some people do, but I've talked to people on the show that, you know, have studied to like getting rid of them. And, you know, L. Ron Hubbard was a contemporary of Aleister Crowley. He was an occultist. It's fucking wonderful. It's not what I'm going towards. I'm but just the, saying. The documentary showed like a perspective of like being in the church and like everyone's like happy and limboing and shit. And um, they go, hey, yeah, where's Stan? I haven't seen Stan in a while. And the guy's just like, we don't, Stan's a, uh, he's an enemy of the church now. And then everyone's like, oh, I fucking hate Stan. And I just realized like, they're literally like taking care of you. You're getting connections with people you've never would have made connections with. You're getting like really good publicity. You're doing all these types of things. So there's no need to reject it. Just live in the Truman show, basically, of whatever they're creating. And I start getting to this point of like, what doesn't scare me is the Georgia Guidestones. What scares me is the person who blew it up probably was someone that was so anti-QAnon that they thought this was a message that was going to end up contaminating the brains of others. And now you get to a really weird territory that I always kind of fear about with like government is the fact of like, it's not us going against them. It's us going against each other. And that is a really, really dark route and stuff. Like when we say the words like conspiracy, like I always say, like, you know, if you say the government killed JFK, people go, that's conspiracy and they don't believe it. But did you know the government has a document that is released? Everyone can Google it right now called the Blue Sky Memo. And the Blue Sky Memo talks about in a time when the government just can act on its own accord without any authority, giving it a message. And one of the references on the Wikipedia page where it is shown is documents to 9-11 is documents documents to a lot of weird shit it's like when i was going through um i was getting i i i'm gonna have guests on about the biological warfare like the history of biological warfare because i'm just so fascinated with like biological weapons and chemical weapons um not because of covid i've always had an interest in it just because operation paperclip and shit and um if you look at vigo ordinance plant i actually put it up on my twitter vigo ordinance plant was a base that was designed it was actually we were funded by the british to make anthrax bombs in like 1942 a nuclear or actually it was a bioweapons uh ban treaty was signed and the lab got shut down we sold the lab in like 2000 or something like that to pfizer pfizer bought the fucking lab it's like you can buy anywhere to do whatever you want at any location, but you chose that one specifically, like an X bioweapons lab, which I said is weird. And people go, that's conspiracy or that's nut job talk. It's not really because I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just kind of saying, like, that's kind of fucking weird. And you can say, like, coincidence. I don't care. But I'm just saying, like, there are things that come up as red flags. And when you don't stop, and even anything that might, you know, in your gut might sense like this might be a little bit weird. Then you just keep letting all this stuff go under your nose. And then that's where we get into a really, really weird system. Like we're in now. I don't, like I said, 
I'm not like, I don't think everyone in politicians are like evil people that are like the elites waiting for like, and apparently we have a, an ice age that's going to happen. We're way past due. Apparently. Um, I've heard that from climate scientists. I'm like, is that fucking real? Um, apparently there's always these ice ages that happen and stuff like that. I don't know that I'm not going to go into depth for that. Cause I'll just dismiss everything. I said, like you hitting a bong or something. Um, <laughs> but I just bring up a point. Like, I don't think everyone's like trying to like make people eat bugs and shit. I don't think that at all. But I also think that when you get in, it's much like being in Scientology. You don't want to really get out and you don't want to piss anybody off to get out. So when they say, Hey, I need you to pass this, you just pass this. Because I, I like the click. I like going to these parties and, you know, they got might have pictures of you fucking flying on a jet with a main pedophile who, you know, apparently died in prison from suicide. You know, it's it's wild the way that it's called. A, it's called a crime of complacency when you know that something bad is happening and you just let it happen. You don't you just like, well, I'll just kind of turn my head over here and act like I don't know what you're really doing, but you know what? You're just as fucking guilty because you didn't stop it. You didn't do anything to stop what's happening. And I don't like that argument though. I get it. Like I get it, but what do you expect? At a certain level of power. Well, that's what I was just going to say. There's a certain, there's 330 people, 336 people, I think, who run this fucking country. And there's 330 million fucking citizens. Tom Cruise, one of them? Um, No, but L. Ron Hubbard might be. I don't think he runs the world, but I think they found a really good way to have a patsy. And I think that's what Scientology is. I see more shit get spanked on Scientology than I do anything. And I think it's not necessarily that they fear Scientology, but it's a great way to push a lot of shit off, off, off of you, basically. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I don't know how Scientology has gotten the foothold that it has in society because, exactly. again, well, no, I mean, like, as far as, like, being as, as popular of a fucking religion as it really is, like, and it sucks, like, these famous people into it, man. And... The thing is, like, if you go back and research L. Ron Hubbard and what his, like, roots are in religion, whoa, man. Like, there is some occult shit there that is so, like, wild. Like, Madame Blavatsky, fucking Aleister Crowley, Anton LaVey ties. You know what I mean? And if you don't know who those guys are, those are, like, the people who created, like, the Church of Satan and fucking shit like that, which not to talk shit on the Church of Satan because you know what it has a place in this world and there's several different sects of the Church of Satan so like different like satanic beliefs different satan you you're on your fucking own I'm not helping you here fuck hey you. man I'm pushing off okay hey you know what the first rule <laughs> the first thing that the satanic bible says in Anton LaVey's satanic bible is that God created Satan and that you better respect all living things on this earth because God created them and Satan knows you, you couldn't have Satanism without admitting that God exists. So, because God is who created Lucifer and Satan. So, in that, in that version of Satanism, you don't do things like animal sacrifice. But then you have like these other really these other things that are associated with Satanism that are like animal and human sacrifice, but you can't do those things. But now, see, even though Anton LaVey has these precepts in his book, they did mock fucking human sacrifices. Mock human sacrifices. Um, Bohemian Grove? No, Bohemian Grove's shit, but before Bohemian Grove existed. 
um, in I can't remember the name of the dude's house. Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures <clears throat> recently did a um, in the last ten years did like um, an episode at this place and they go into like talking about some of the shit that took place there and i don't remember exactly you know the full details of it <clears throat> too many other things on my mind in recent days um but <clears throat> so yeah i mean like they've done they like all the precepts of like these religions that are these this re these religious foundations you know that, that these ideas are built on don't even really mean anything to the founders because they were like your actions or their actions were different than what they said, what they wrote. And so, I don't know, man, it's just a bunch of confusion. When you get into, when you get into modern day religion, modern day religion is all tied to ancient religion. I don't give a shit who wants to argue that. Like, if you want to argue that you're wrong. Okay. Everything is tied to like the ancient Babylonian religions, man. And even older cultures of that probably like Numerian, and atlantean and who knows how far back it goes you wanted to get into the alien topic and the creation topic and such with me so here it is let me lay it out 750 million years ago a interplanetary war began in our solar system our solar system is not a solar system that revolves around one star like we're taught it is it's a binary system 98 percent of all um stars of our type have a binary star that travels with them our binary star is a brown dwarf star brown dwarf stars burn as low we found brown dwarf stars that only have temperatures of 86 degrees and they can't be detected hardly through infrared systems because of this because they burn so low <clears throat> um so low is not the word but you know what i mean it's, it's low temperature <clears throat> so we have a binary star that travels with this it also carries a solar system with it <clears throat> so 750 million years ago we get into an interplanetary war with saturn perhaps or a planet around saturn now you got guys like wall thornhill who talk about man it's like so it's so hard to find a beginning to even this story man like ancient depictions of the sun have a ring around them almost all ancient depictions that we see in the babylonian you know carvings the 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 ancient egyptian greek roman they usually have the solar disk has a, a ring around it. So you have the disk and then another ring around it. And people try and explain that as the, um, like the coronal, the corona that we see of the sun. No, well, no, like the, the coronal, like we have, a, we have like a coronal um, aura around the sun. Okay. It kind of gives off like this, this weird little ring of light once in a halo? while. A halo. Yeah. There you go. And so, but what I believe that those rings depict are not the halo of the sun. I believe that they're the rings of Saturn. And I believe like Saturn is referred to as the greatest God by ancient cultures, uh, many different ancient cultures. And Wall Thornhill talks about the relationship between, okay, so 
in modern science, we say that Saturn and Jupiter were failed stars. You know, they, we believe that they were stars that did not ignite. I would argue that they were stars that used to be active, and then something happened and they became inactive. And what that is that I believe is Walt Thornhill talks about it. And Walt Thornhill is great. You know, like your buddy who doesn't believe in gravity should really, if he doesn't know about Walt Thornhill, should really research Walt Thornhill because Walt talks about, he's an accredited scientist too, man. Like this guy is no joke, but he talks about the difference between electromagnetism and buoyancy and density versus gravity. And he's not a proponent of gravity either. His, his belief is that electromagnetism is what controls everything um, as far as attraction and repel, re repulsion. And so <clears throat> Saturn, the Earth, Mars, and Venus all share a similar tilt of between like 22 and 28 degrees axial tilt. Just kidding pen and paper yeah yeah no, go right ahead. i'm actually dead serious like i'm no because you're saying you're saying something it's not like i'm i'm uh i'm not gonna i'm not writing down to pick apart anything you're saying i'm just writing you said a, attraction and propulsion i know people that's uh, attraction, uh, attraction and repulsion, and repulsion. so yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna end up I, I need to learn more about it so yeah might as well absolutely you know, talk no, to someone no, who studies it. absolutely um yeah like i said walt thornhill is is the guy that that that's really like the the expert in this field um but he talks Look, about I, the tilt I had, a, I had a scientist on an astrophysicist who talked about multiverse and she's like it's not my field of study so i reached out and got someone who talked about the multiverse on the show like that's i'm not do i'm not doing it to unverify everything that you're saying no 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 i know i'm glad yeah. yeah no i'm glad you are doing this so yeah no i'm not i'm not offended by it um so the set so saturn and i've done a lot of research on this man so i'm not just like coming up with like some little funky weird shit like i've i've Research this a bit myself, man. 25 years of research into this stuff. So you're wearing a fucking Batman t-shirt and your goddamn windows are open. <laughs> yes. And everything you said is fucking crackers. got it. Verified. <laughs> How many um, bomb hits have you taken already? Only only one or two, I think. One. One. Yeah, one. Fair. So so um the axial tilts of the Earth, Mars. Uh, Venus and Saturn are all similar between 22 and like 28 degrees. And so Walt Thornhill proposes that Saturn was the star that the Earth and Mars revolved around. And then at some point it encountered Jupiter. Jupiter's mass is much larger than Saturn's. And so the electromagnetism, the electromagnetic interaction that took place between them pulled the plasma off of Saturn and ignited Jupiter. Or maybe Jupiter was already ignited, whatever the situation was. Um, so these two suns encounter each other. And when they do, Saturn destabilizes. And it has to eject its core, which is Venus, which explains the retrograde orbit and spin of Venus. Um, like in Walt Thornhill, you know, he's the, he's the expert on it. He could explain this a lot better than I can. I'm just sort of taking like, I'm, I'm, everything that I'm doing is like a condensed version of what needs to really be researched and whatnot as far as like to understand what went on here. But is Walt Thornhill still alive? Yes. Yes, he is. Very much so. And is I would one of love the people for you, you told me to email. Yes. Yes. I would love for you to reach out to him. Please, please. It is mm -hmm. imperative. Can't promise um, anything. I know. 
I know you can't promise anybody will ever respond to you, but I would really like for you to reach out to him because I think that um, if you can get him to respond to you, that like, wow, yeah. Um, so anyway. Would you like me to send him an email right now while you're talking? <laughs> you can if you like. Oh, oh. I don't mind. Because um, I'll, I'll be ranting here for a little bit about this. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, yeah, so as Saturn and Jupiter encounter each other, there's a destabilization that occurs. And in order for Saturn to stabilize itself electromagnetically, it has to discharge its core, which is Venus. Um, and then the Earth and Mars move out of their orbit around Saturn and perhaps into some sort of orbit around Jupiter. And we see this occur in Greek and Roman um in in their in their stories in their histories in their cultures through chronos is the throne of chronos is usurped by zeus in the greek telling of the story and saturn is usurped by his son the throne of saturn is which is chronos is usurped by his son jupiter which is zeus um in the roman telling of the story it's like they're mirror image tellings of the story so we see this this is a celestial event that occurs i believe in the skies and then these these people talk about it you know i don't believe that this was a myth that was just created some sort of bullshit story like i feel like life was so hard back then that people didn't just have time to sit around and make up bullshit stories they kind of told like real stories that happened and then they were just kind of turned into myth over the years um as modern science has taken place of you know uh has replaced ancient sciences but so and then later on the sun when jupiter encounters the, the solar disk there's some interactions there that are similar to the interactions that took place between jupiter and saturn and um so i think at some point like my belief on the aliens reptilians is they're serpents they're serpentines obviously serpentinian um they have some sort of relation with saturn saturn is related to the serpents in some way it's either their home base or one of the planets that was around saturn was you know somehow associated I have no idea. I was listening and you lost me. No, Hard. you're good. You're good. <clears throat> um, it's confusing. It's it's Saturn is is the home base of of, of a race of beings. How do okay? you know? Like How I don't do know, know? it's their sun, they're serpentinian. It's just it's it's the the words Saturn, Saturn Day, for example. Um, the reason why we have Saturn Day and Sunday is because those words mean things you know we used to worship saturn day we used to worship on saturn day the jews still do orthodox jews um and seventh day adventists um the sabbath his, his one of his things on his website is that what planet are we on and if you, you, you hit the wrong planet or you hit like type in saturn it'll say answer is not correct and then you hit earth and it says answer is correct that's funny nice <laughs> email is sent Thank you. You're welcome. I hope that we get a response. I hope you get a response from him. 
Um, anyways, so anyway, there's, I'm not going to go into like grave detail about it because like you haven't went into shit. You well, haven't went into shit. I haven't because we've been talking. You've been doing other things. I didn't want to. I was listening to you, and you're like, I'm about to rant, so go ahead. And then you I'm, fucking I'm ranting. went into cyberspace. I'm ranting. Um, you're not ranting though. You're just bumbling around. I am bumbling around a lot. There's a lot of information here, man. Well, pick a spot, pick an anchor, and start going about it. Speak about the the aliens. What do you think aliens are? That's a hard question to answer. I think there's a bunch of different types of aliens. I don't think it's just one type. I think you have grays. You're worse than my fucking priest when I convince my sins, and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm like, but you're the church. You're supposed to help me. He's like, son, you can't be saved. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, I don't know. You cannot. (laughs) <laughs> you ever, he's like you ever see rage against the machine and i was like yeah he goes you know what the monk did on the cover album and i was like yeah he's like just go in the street and do that like, emulate yourself there that's the only that's the only way that's you know, what's scary is not only fire. about religion but government can convince people to do shit like that and i don't know in the way that we look at it it's like oh it's religious purposes you must have been like good or something like that you know it's good because it's religion but then if it's the government tells you to light yourself on fire in the middle of the street everyone's like holy shit Right. Well, I think that's logic versus emotion. You know, I think that's where government and the church kind of lie in the power struggle with each other. The same where the same place that logic and emotion lie in the power struggle. You know, one is telling you to do things that they think is good for you, and the other one is telling you things that they think is right for you. <clears throat> Sometimes those things don't align. Um, so aliens, like again, you can't pin me down on an answer like a a yes or no black and white answer on some of these topics, on most of these topics, because there is no black and white to any topic, unless you're talking about, and even then, culturally, cannibalism is accepted in other parts of the world. In the Western society, we don't practice it, and we view it as an evil practice. But eating the dead is something that's been done, practiced for thousands of years, all around the world by many different cultures and then was and even in some western cultures like do you look at fucking like scandinavia and, and you know what happened Norway when that happened like all those black metal countries and shit man it's not even talking about religion but when people were cannibals even in this country there's a thing called crutch it's, it's hutch crutchfield syndrome or something like so that when you eat the brain you can only get it from eating brain and spinal tissue mm-hmm. yep so there's like certain things mad you cow disease yeah well you shouldn't i mean why would you eat the brain and spinal tissue of any animal? I don't eat the fucking brain and spinal tissue of a cow that I know of unless it's fucking. I'm sure it's close. I, I, well, I eat the tentacles. I don't eat the brain. Well, I guess the brain is like all throughout an octopus. Yeah. That's that a complete, good and you know what? That could be a fucking alien species too. Yeah. Well, that's what they think it comes from Mars. Each, each one of their fucking, each one of their tentacles thinks on its own. They can do independent things. It has its own like brain structure and shit. It's fucking wild. I'm more apt to believe that it just has an advanced sensory perception. I just like how we discover things. Like even if we learn by mistake, like trial and error, like Operation Paperclip, like when people forgave Nazi scientists, it's not saying like you're pro-Nazi. It's just saying like the government did it because they wanted their research and you can't take back what they already did. So you might as well just get the fucking research. Well, here's, out of it. here's the thing. But how did know, they like- discover? mad cow disease is that they were feeding cows other cows and then the fucking cows went nuts so like oh guess we learned that shit mad cow disease i'm just like it's some shit we do and it's like i don't i don't see the logic in it but damn it we got some like good evidence out of whatever we just did right so this is going to be a real popular subject for your show like in mexico once a girl is like there are parts of mexico i've been to Juarez where people live in like like tar paper shacks i don't know if you know what that is 
um but it's literally like the roofing material that goes under your shingles and it's put together as a house and there'll be like 12 people who live in this fucking one room tar paper shack i went there on missions trips when i was a young adult and we would do things like we would write like jesus saves and you know, jesus loves you on these tennis balls and we would drive around and throw these tennis balls out to the kids the poor kids we had to stop doing that because the adults there would go and beat the fuck out of the kids and then take the tennis balls and go try and sell them oh, to shit. american tourists yeah, yeah. You, told me that. you told me that yeah man so like but like once once a girl in that in that area once a girl is 12 years old she either needs to have a job or she's going to become a prostitute same thing with the boys like you need to go out and have a job by the time you're like 13 14 years old like there's no questions asked in other parts of the world like 13 year old boys are conscripted into the military you know like in africa and stuff like they go like these warlords go around and fucking snatch up the fucking kids and and either you know do whatever whatever the fuck but they they're conscripted into the military service so and a lot of in a lot of parts of the world once you're 12 or 13 you're considered a man or a woman and in western civilization you're not um in fact like that is even getting to be like so much to where it used to be 18 but now it's like 21 you can't even buy cigarettes in in this country unless you're 21 years old so we went from having 18 year old adults to fucking 21 year old adults now basically um and that's going to change again one of these days that's going to become like 24 and 36 because we're seeing like kids that are staying at home longer nowadays that's what it is do you think it's a combination of that and also the fact that we're living longer well we are living longer um obviously we don't have six-year-olds working in mines and factories um and dying at age 35 because of you know well, a big point issues. when religion was at its peak was around the time that people only lived to like the age of like 30. So, you know, that's why a lot of people believed in an afterlife. Like I heard I have a buddy who's like really anti-religion and he went in depth. He was like when people are like in their 30s, like people will like talk about like sacrifice because you'll go to a better place. I'm like, I don't think anybody wants to kill themselves, go to a better place. But there's a lot of people that think that like, oh, I can st- jump in front of a car i can do this and i can just be very flimsy with my life because i know there's a better end i mean it's necessarily not worrying about death as much as some people can be oversensitive to the concept of like their life is fragile but i mean the fact that we're able to wake up every morning and breathe and dream and do all these things that we just kind of take for granted on a daily basis and expect our lives to go um a certain way it's just that is very interesting i'm not convinced that there is an afterlife and I, I try and live every day as if this is the only life that I have because I don't know what's going to happen. Now, I do believe, you know, the great professor Stephen Hawking taught us that information can neither be created nor destroyed. And that's basically what we are is we're information, right? data, information. Energy. Well, data, information, and energy are all the same thing. Um, in essence, when you get down to it, when you boil them down to their their root components what we experience in life the only thing we're going to take from this life with us if we go anyplace else is going to be the experience and knowledge that we have it's transferable it's magnetically transferable um and you know i believe that i believe that the way the human body works is there are chemical reactions in the brain which cause electronic electrical sparks that travel through our nervous system and animate 
our muscles over bone structure, which creates our movement. You know what I mean? We have to think about doing things in order to do them. And if you doubt that, wiggle your toes without thinking it. Say something without thinking about it first. Well, I got to go for you. People always say, I didn't, I didn't think before. Let me hold on. Hold that. I didn't think before I said that. You can't actually say anything without thinking about it first. What were you going to say? Look at any object in your room or in your house, and you'll know exactly what it tastes like. I'm not sure that I do. What? (laughs) (laughs) Your TV. Yeah, okay. You can imagine what it tastes like. I guess I can imagine it. I don't necessarily know. Your table. You can imagine exactly what it tastes like. Think what look at your table, think what it tastes like, and lick your table. I'm not gonna lick my table. Do it. But this this fucking blew my mind. I saw this this morning. It maybe it was at three o'clock in the morning. I was scrolling on my phone, as always when you see the best shit. And someone's like, you know, what really fucked me up is when I figured out that I can look at anything in my house and be able to know what it tastes like. And it's fucking true. I can I have not licked anything in this fucking room, but I can look at it and know my brain starts imagining what it probably tastes like. Doesn't taste like chocolate. Doesn't taste like candy. It tastes exactly what I know it feels like because my hand is rubbed up against the surface of a desk, has done any of these types of things. And somehow that can transfer over to taste. And that is the weirdest thing to me. I think that everybody has some degree of synesthesia and that's been blocked in us. Like the people talk about, you know, I'm special because I'm synesthetic because I can see color or I'm sorry, I can, I can see sound or I can smell color, but I think we all have that ability. It's just, we haven't been taught how to use that. Um, We have five senses, a minimum of five senses. I think we probably have more like seven senses and because we have like extrasensory perceptions that aren't necessarily like sight, smell, touch, feel. We can like detect things through spider sense. You know, I mean, I know when I'm in a dangerous situation, I have a spider sense. It's fucking, you know, when someone's staring at you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You can feel that. And so that's not, that's not physical touch or smell or you know what i mean that's another type of sense so i think we have more senses than we than we're taught that we have and we don't necessarily have not been taught how to use those senses how to exploit them in fact just the opposite i think we've been blocked from learning how to use those what i've learned from just speaking to a lot of people about biology bioengineering bioethics so much stuff that comes to do with our just wholesome being i don't really believe that we're just one organism i think when you look at your body you can't look at yourself as like this is me this is all a part of me it is but if you boil it down more than that your organ your heart your liver your stomach everything is all functioning on its own accord it is getting impulses and signals from your brain but at the same time it's kind of like um for instance, I have a very low heart rate. If I, my, my fingertips and my toes always are 10 degrees colder than my middle of where my chest is. And the reason why is, is if you have low blood circulation or your heart just doesn't pump as you know heavy as everyone else's, which mine doesn't, it tries to keep all the warmth and all the blood towards your organs to keep them preserved because they realize those are the most valuable things that need to keep running to the end. You can lose your basically anything farthest from the heart. It's just harder to pump blood there. So my fingertips and, you know, toes will end up getting like frostbite or cold before everything else does. And you start going to this point of like how complex 
your body is. I mean, your heart's working at a rhythm on its own. The brain's kind of like some, I don't know if it's maybe the brain controlling, I obviously the brain controlling it, but you're not thinking about it. And that's right. what's like the subconscious. Involuntary, right. Mm-hmm. So like the like subconscious breathing. is like, yeah. So I think it's like pretty powerful. I also think if we talk about people with extra perceptions on things, I think you have to take an account as well too. When you're, you're born, you are a construct of DNA from two people. So when you look at that, it's not just two people, though. It's a whole ancestry of people. Well, I was just going to say that. Yeah, there's more to it than just mom and dad. So maybe you get some genes that were passed on from a great, great ancestor, and you have to take account for the time period now. So the time period today compared to the time period 100 years ago, completely different people. The reason why I say that is America is three people ago. It's not anything more than three people. So you start looking at like America's like look, 100 something years old or a couple hundred years old or something like that. You get down into this point where you start going, what was the time period back like then? They had wooden teeth. They had lived in a whole different time. They could probably be out in the middle of the snow, whatever, and not get cold and not have to wear a jacket, and not do anything. Because they didn't know what jackets were. They didn't have them back then. They had overcoats and shit like that, maybe. But if you look at like, try and get a kid now to go outside when it's 50 degrees out. They're not going to be able to just to sit there and take it. Most people aren't. But then we know some people that can handle the cold. You start looking at like the alpha male 100 years ago or 50 years ago is completely different than the alpha male today. The alpha male today is probably more of a beta. People that like run tech companies and use their brain a little bit more than the biker jacket smoking cigarette. So if you just take that in account, imagine if you look at the long ancestral line of your whole your whole DNA. And you start going, maybe some DNA that we're older. And we know that people have ancient DNA in their blood. Our blood right now is everything is just a mixing. Our genetics are basically a mixing boiling pot. And I think the most predominant ones are the ones that are the most closest to you. But who's to say that you don't get some weird kind of slip. And next thing you know, you get something that might be from 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And then you can start getting into this aspect of like what we would consider mental illness. I mean, I don't think mental illness is ancient DNA. But I also think that when there's a lot of things like cannibalism, I mean, are they just using ancient DNA? I, I don't I don't know. So let's go back to the origin of man. OK, like you got some people who believe in creation theory. OK, Adam and Eve were created and you have Christians who believe that Adam and Eve were the first man and woman. Then you have Christians who believe that Adam and Eve were the first series of men and women. And of course, you have the Orthodox Jews and they believe that. Adam and Lilith were the first uh, series of human beings. So, and then you have people who believe that we were genetically engineered, and then you have people who believe, you know, a, a dozen different things, an evolution that we evolved, that we came up out of monkeys and shrews and, and fish and birds and whatever. And so I can kind of get on board with this idea of genetic manipulation throughout the ages. Um, And I have to question, how does genetic engineering have to take place? Does it have to take place in a lab or can it come through um, introduction of species that have similar abilities to breed? For like example, I think it's a mule that can't like you can breed a mule with a horse and then you get a jackass or whatever. I told you that you get, no, I told you that you, you breed a horse and a donkey and you get a mule, but the mule is infertile and can't reproduce on its own. So it goes to show us that there are species that can breed together that are not necessarily identical species. Um, and so I'm wondering, like you see people who have traits that look like a cat 
or a dog or a fish or a bird or fucking, you know what I mean? And so I have to ask myself, like, how much of that plays into the theory of evolution and stuff like that as far as like, well, okay, so we came from these other species, blah, blah, blah. But perhaps we were some type of species who bred with another type of species and then that hybrid bred with another type of species and so it's it's really hard to say you know what i mean like i don't know what the origin of mankind is were we manipulated by extraterrestrials were we introduced as compatible species by extraterrestrials were we bred in in the labs were we you know the creation theory of a god the idea of a god is that you know even plausible or feasible um is it more feasible than the idea that we lost these evolutionary like when you talk about the theory of evolution i i have to pose the question of like why would we have lost our wings today we still fly around so like if we evolved from some sort of bird or some sort of like you know like creature that could fly why would we have lost our wings we only adapted to air travel 100 years ago but we obviously still need to have the need for air travel so for us to have evolved and lost wings that's like de-evolution to me um like losing our gills would have been de-evolution like how beneficial would it be able would it be for us to be able to breathe air and on land and in water well, it's like the thing I talk about with a couple of my friends who are like astronomers, where I talk about when we talk about space civilization, I mean, if you end up living on Mars, you wouldn't be able to stay there because in fear that your body would just adjust to Mars and you would never be able to return back to Earth. The gravity is different. The atmosphere is different. You can go to another planet, but the longer you stay there, you couple couple generations later, you're going to have people that can never, ever visit back to where you were before. So if you're talking about us being fish and then evolving... I mean, after generation after generation, you lose your gills. Now you can't go back to where you originally started from. You don't necessarily know what you're, it's kind of like with everything, there's a risk to it, but it's like kind of determining what that risk is. If you prefer to be on land over the water and it's more beneficial to your species and that, and that might be a point, but I always bring up the example, like coming from chimps. I remember when I went to the zoo with my grandparents and I saw um, a, a chimp in one of the enclosures. And immediately he grabbed a stuffed animal, ripped its head off and started rubbing his dick with it. And I just go, we, we came from chimps, 100%. That's a that's 100%. It's just that was such a human characteristic of a male chimp or just a person, a male. And first thing, grab something soft and rub it against your dick. My grandma recorded that and just laughed the whole fucking time. And we have that home video. It's fucking great. It's not like I watch it in my free time. It's just a funny thing because because like, <laughs> to me, it was like I'm 15 years old. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But it brings to an example when you look at the aspect of what do you give up and what do you gain or what do you give up? and What do you gain? A lot of people make decisions in their life and they gain something. I'm, I'm really interested in decision making and risk analysis. Mostly, I don't think people necessarily know the full extent of what that risk is because there's no way in hell you can think five steps ahead. You don't have a future device that is able to do that. You can think well ahead but you can't think super super far ahead you can't future see like that it doesn't happen like that you don't know what could infinitely out of the infinite possibilities of this universe could enter into your life to a point where you don't know what could happen the next day you could be dead tomorrow god forbid but that could be a possibility you can win a million dollars tomorrow that could be a possibility there are so many infinite possibilities out there and why we determine what is reality and what we determine is fantasy doesn't make fucking sense 
because we don't know what it is. We consider anything that would be a fantasy reality or whatever type of fantasy scenario, we consider that either a coincidence or luck. You chalk it up to something that gets symbolized with a fucking horseshoe. It doesn't make sense. You got a goddamn leprechaun on a box of Lucky Charms, and that's what people know about luck. They think, oh, it's Irish. Oh, it's this. No, there's shit that happens, and it doesn't make sense. The infinite possibilities and how you can predict that your life will go as the schedule that you do week by week and day by day doesn't make sense. But we do it every day. And it's just like, what the fuck? I'm over here, like stroking my hair, like Kramer, like Jesus Christ. Like when you start realizing like there's a bunch of shit out there and the fact that you live every single day, the way that you want to live most of your day and you get shitty when it doesn't go your way. When you think of it in that aspect, you understand it, but also you can't let things change forcefully. The thing is, is that we do not do good with long problems. We don't do good with anything that is a long game. We're very good at problems that are right in our face and what needs to affect change now. That's how society has been built. That's how, how progress begins. It endures through pain. But how much of that is actual conditioning? How much is that? How much of that belief that you just having mentioned? kids could be conditioning? I had fucking that one guy on here who part of the voluntary human extinction movement that talked about stop having kids. You'll save the planet. Maybe we're brainwashed to have kids. That makes 100 percent sense. Western culture is the only culture that has the idea that have so many generations to generations to generations. It's an old quality that we've had since like the cowboy fucking days because you used to have to fuck all the time because there was nothing to do and it was so fucking what is it it's so cold you thought like oh shit like i'm gonna keep well actually which See, is here's the thing like then this is what i'm talking about this is exactly what i was talking about before you don't know what you were talking about you were yes, going I off about fucking ant oh, people no, and exactly. then you were fucking yeah, yeah. talking about your art in together it all ties in together actually robbie because so here's the deal how much of that is actual conditioning because to think about the fact that like we didn't have anything better to do than sit around and fuck. Are you kidding me? Do you know how hard it is? To, have you ever seen the show Alone? Do you know how hard those fucking people struggle to find fucking food? Like, food is a basic requirement. We had a lot of things better to do than sit around and fuck. Like, it used to be so easy, or, right? It used to be so oh, easy. Oh, so easy. Yeah. Now you, you got know, people like, sending $1,000 tickets to fly somebody over from another country who's catfishing them. Right. We make a you know, goddamn like, show about it. Huh. There's a show called Fuck Island where it's just people and they're they're not they say they're in their 20s. They're not in their 20s. I'm in my 20s. I look at those people, I'm like, that person's obviously 30, but they're really, really in good shape. And that the whole show is just like dating and like doing all these blind dates and trying to find like your partner for the time that you're at this resort and do all these events. It's literally just a sex show. But somehow it's on TV because they never have sex. They always get like right to the point of dry humping and they turn it off. And I'm like, oh, you're going to fucking tease me. <laughs> Robbie, this is the age of internet porn, man. You don't have to worry about watching that shit on TV, dude. You can fucking, you never have to be teased again, bro. <clears throat> I don't do porn. I don't either. Apparently you do, though, because you're like, ah, this fucking show is no, I just, my porn. And I, I just watch those shows that's it <laughs> but yeah we're taught as a society that sex is like this this like you know like we're, we're not taught about sex in society 
Well, we sort of are. We we're taught yeah. that it's something we should be doing all the time. We should constantly be pursuing sex. You could do a fucking pick, uh, picture pop-up book that would be 10 times better than any sex education you get in school. Well, that's what I was just going to say, but we're getting it from the wrong spot because we're getting it through rap and fucking hip-hop and fucking metal and fucking music culture we're getting our sex education through we're not getting our sex education through educational means we're not getting our sex education through television even or through movies and what's really upsetting to me when you talk about this topic is we will let our kids watch any violent thing you can fucking imagine from freddy krueger to jason voorhees to chucky from child's play to fucking boxing mma fucking you name it man fucking gun violence on tv gun violence in the movies it's everywhere it's perpetrated everywhere 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 but what is the number one most taboo thing that we hide from our children sex love procreation emotional bonding you keep sitting on your balls or something like no my back is my lower back is really fucking with me right now man i don't know what i just like what's going on here but like i cannot get in a comfortable position here and i'm just trying to like get my back forward i'm sitting up straight sit forward i can't i can't if i sit forward i'm like Hey, Robbie. Fucking crazy eyes. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But so we fucking, we're scared to teach our kids about, say, you know, we were talking about earlier, you know, don't show the the nipple, don't show the areola. um, You know, why are we so afraid about intimacy and teaching our children about intimacy and it's taboo? Well, they wonder why so many people are like so like, pro body image and all this shit now it's like well we've stemmed in a society where sex was like a taboo subject even though we all knew everybody fucking did it so it was like it's but also you you don't it's kind of like the same christian ideas which i kind of agree on this aspect you can't just have like sex everywhere but you also because then you have vegas but then you also can't have it be taboo in the sense that it's been taboo for so long because you have generations of people which i'm my area of concern and what I've, I I would share a deep kind of anger about is the fact that there's a lot of people that just don't like looking in the mirror anymore. And I can relate with that. So I work out all the time, but I, I think you get into this aspect of things when it gets us to a sensitive subject where you literally have not let people express themselves, not let people feel comfortable in their own skin to a point where they're not even comfortable going out and expressing who they really are. And that's why you have people that are trying to do that now. And that's why it's like these movements and stuff. But these movements and people that back these movements don't want those things. They're just doing it because it's the way society is going and they have to agree with society. Like any politician that talks about like, I'm so pro this and I'm so pro that. No, they're fucking not. Like, I don't believe any of that shit, but we accept it as people. We want to believe it to be true. I'm not saying those are bad people, but we know the track record of a lot of these people. A lot of these people are like hardcore Catholic, hardcore Christian. You think they like gay people? You think they like this? I'm not saying that they hate them, but I'm just saying there's an aspect of things where they, the idea that somebody in power generally cares about the person who needs help is a fucking lie. It's a myth. And the weirdest part about us is whenever we get scared, whenever we feel like fear, COVID's the best example, we look to someone to handle our power. And that's where you get the blue sky memo, where 
Government doesn't need to say anything about the actions that they take, and they have free power to do so. When you look at that, and then you look at what we do whenever we're scared, it's much easier to think that the, they would do anything to create a scare problem, terrorists, anything, just so you would put your fear in their hands, and they can do whatever the fuck they need to to get whatever the fuck they want. And I, I, I don't think that's crazy saying that. I think that's, that's a really fucking smart strategy. McDonald's eliminated the McRib. Nobody gave a fuck about it when it was on the menu in the first place. But then as soon as it went away, now people wanted that shit. That's why they make it back for a seasonal thing. They can make it whenever the fuck they want. It's not about supply issues. Maybe there might be some uh, percentage, like 3% that's supply issue, but it's supply and demand, man. Like that's a great marketing tactic. And we accept that like, that can do that. Your government is no different. The idea, like I had someone mention to me, like, oh, at least we don't live in like China. I'm like, we do though. We do. We do. And it's, it's not necessarily like it's as bad as it is there, but it can get there and it will we get practice there. practice all 10 planks as a communist manifesto here in the United States. <clears throat> Number one, you own personal property? No. That's right. You know why? Because you pay taxes on everything, including your land, including your vehicle. You already bought your vehicle. Guess what? You pay taxes on it every single time you drive. When you put gas in it, you pay a gas tax. When you register your vehicle, that is a tax. When you have to pay insurance, that is a form of tax. <clears throat> it may not go to the government, but it's somebody taxing you to be able to fucking operate your fucking vehicle. And it's in collusion with the government because if you don't have insurance, guess what? The government doesn't let you fucking drive. So unless you can prove that you are independently wealthy and don't need insurance and can pay for any damages that you may, you know, incur, which, you know, is insurance a bad thing? Not necessarily, um, but it's still a form of taxation um, in order to be able to fucking, it's in collusion with the government in order to be able to operate your vehicle. So... <clears throat> You don't own any personal property here. There's nothing that you own. Everything you own, you will be taxed on. You you have to pay taxes to maintain it, to keep it, to use it, to whatever. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Unless it's single use, like food. And some places have a food tax. Some states don't. But, you know, I don't know. Neither here nor there. I digress from that subject. What? I digress on that subject. I take a step back from that. I don't necessarily want to get into the whole concept of whether or not food should be taxed because that's a, just a rabbit. Let's, there's, there's, we do have a lot of it. You would think that it wouldn't be taxed as much. They no, said inflation was 9.1%. I'm like, I think it's fucking way more than that. Mm. I've watched things go up a good amount of price. But I also think it, like, all right, so I remember the topic I wanted to do. $1.25 tree. Right, it used to be a dollar tree. Now it's dollar twenty-five. I remember the topic that I wanted to talk about in the beginning. I had a guy on my show talk about smart buildings, and I asked what this was, and he's like, a, basically a digital AI of your building, your building. And I'm like, so like an Alexa that's all around your house. He's like, in a sense, yeah, but also you would have digital AI of like kids and stuff too that they could take this to, you know, they can have at the beginning of their childhood all the way until they go to the job market. Then your company doesn't just buy you; it buys your digital AI. And your digital AI has aspects that grew with you, has a piece of you in it, 
but also can do things looking at a more of a problematic analytical angle that maybe your brain can't do, but then they would still get you because they need your side of things as well too. And I, you got into this aspect, but then it got onto the topic of like sustainable living and um, hang on. Dude. Back to the smart building thing. So the guy was talking about smart, sustainable living. And he talked about like, there's these ways that we can really take back an old method, which was living off the land in a sense, but also use the technology that we have now. Now it's not going to be fully kind of capable. Obviously everyone's not going to jump on board with it, but he showed a thing of using hydro, using geothermal, using solar, using all these things and designing your home to basically looks like it kind of looks like a Hobbit building in a sense, but you can make it look futuristic if you want, but setting up the communities to where we're not living on top of each other anymore. We're living more spread out. So you would be using a little bit more of land, but in a sense, you would have communities that would be growing a small portion of their own food. So you now have easier supply chain. You don't have to worry about going to a grocery store. You have communities that take care of themselves and you start building this nature that kind of gives back in a sense and stop worrying about all these giant city complexes and stuff. It is big for like people that talk about like land grabs and stuff. Like you don't want, like, obviously you still like nature and shit like that, but also you could, when he talks about artificial like rivers and artificial this, and I'm like, how the hell do you do that? He goes, it's like creating a digital copy of this river. And then if anything pollutes it, anything contaminates it, anything shifts it, then what it's natural form is it would censor and let you know and then you would be more aware of these types of things this gets really interesting because i think that there's a combination of the reason why we progress forward we tend to forget some important aspects of us and i think if you look at the old methods of like tilling the land and care and work and all this type of stuff that we used to do i think those are good methods that can still apply today but we can actually use the technology we have today not only to make it easier but also make it more effective to where it can be done and it can be beneficial to where we live well <clears throat> How do you power all this technology? Like I just said, geothermal, solar, a combination of the thing. Whenever someone brings up the topic of renewables, they always talk about how good their renewable is and then try and shame the other one. Nobody ever talks about the combination that could be so many of them all incorporating into one thing. This guy pulled up a slideshow and everything and pulled up every single thing. And he pulled up every single solar, how the houses would be built, everything that just right up in the slideshow. And it really made a lot of sense. And it's like, they don't have to look ugly. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you have artists that design it. And he showed something that was uh, one of these solar panel things. It looked like a fucking like, you know, when the twin towers went up and they light them up blue or red, depending on like, you know, at night or whatever, it looked like that. And you're just like, this thing looks like a memorial. Like this is just someone's fucking chimney. Like it's nothing. It's just it, but it's an art installation. Basically, you just get artists that help design it, make them smarter, make them look cooler, make them pe stuff people want to live in and people will go there and they don't cost that much money. And I'm like, you could have one of these small little generators things. I think it powers over 200,000 homes or something like that. You could have one of those. And I think it's like, I, I think a, it is a little bit of money. Like I think it's close to like $500,000 or something like that, but it's way safer, way cleaner. And you get onto this aspect of like, maybe we don't have to eliminate, like we don't have to just shift off gas now. But like when you start looking at like other things that we could just make a bigger market for so much other shit out there. Like we have markets for different iPhones, like fucking there's a new iPhone every year. There's different types of phones out there. But whenever you look at the market for energy, we're just going off like, here's your option. It's like, what well, is my options? Nah, it's just fucking plan A, man. Right. Yep. That's the way it has been. And it's the way it's going to continue to be. We're never going to see the revolution that we need to see or that we want to see as far as 
energy, in my opinion, because we're always going to have monetary systems which override the fucking, you know, override the fucking need to help or the desire to help people. If you can't pay to be helped, then you're not going to get help. I don't give a fuck what it is, dude. Like, and, you know, you can talk about like, well, they have social programs and this and that and the other. And let me tell you what, man, if you have ever, if you have ever needed the help of a social program, you will understand that social programs are all shit. There are no good social programs out there. And I hope that somebody who runs a social program is listening to this and would like to debate me on this subject, because I'll tell you right now, I watch the food bank come and deliver food to the neighbor, okay, the elderly neighbors um, during the COVID pandemic. And then I would watch those people go and throw that shit in the garbage because it was all expired before they got it. I'm not sure how giving out expired food to hungry people is fucking helpful to them. That's a social program. What? You just eat it. Why? You, you care, care about diarrhea? You don't, you don't, you, all right. You know, you know, dysentery, diarrhea, fucking, you know, whatever. Fucking salmonella. You're starving. You'll eat it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's great. You know, fantastic. Let's fucking feed fucking hungry people poisonous food. Well, you know, you see why. I mean, there's fucking, a pressure you know, on. There's why not just why not just feed the hungry the the what we need to do is take all the homeless people and feed them to the hungry people. Jesus then we Christ. do we get rid of two fucking problems right there. It's like wagyu. We, you got meth infused beef. Exactly, bro. Fucking we, dude. We get it all. It's it's right. It's already naturally addictive. It has all the addictive chemicals and substances in it that you could possibly ever hope for. You just fucking get rid of the homeless people. There's no more homeless. There's no more need to it fucking shelter. It takes exactly seven days. Hungry people. It takes seven days of no food until you decide and start having ideas of eating somebody. Dude, I think about it every fucking day. I just finished eating crackers. Fucking mm. Arizona. Mm, you know. <clears throat> I get it. <laughs> Down in the middle of the desert, someone looks like a tasty hamburger. Hey, you know. Everybody looks like something good to eat. I'm sitting there, like looking at the neighbors right now, like, oh, hmm. <clears throat> just kidding. I'm not really going to eat my neighbors. That's not, that's not the worst thing you probably have ever done. That's probably not the worst thing I've ever said. It very likely is not the worst thing I've ever done. <clears throat> I'm not going to go into all of that detail, though. <clears throat> what do you think? <laughs> what do you think is going to be different <laughs> in 100 years? Oh, geez, bro. What do I think is going to be different in a hundred years? Um, well, I don't think anything good is going to be happening in a hundred years. Do you think society, we'll start, society will start considering our eyes useless? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, actually. So aliens, you want to talk about aliens? What if they're time travelers from the future, man? What if we have a nuclear war in a few years, and we all have to be driven underground, like you were talking about before with the meteorite. And when we go underground, we have smaller, like smaller spaces, so we lose like some of our bone mass. We're not working out outside. We're not getting the fresh air. We're not getting the sun, so we our skin tone like may change. Well, eventually, like, if you live underground, you just lose your eyesight. Well, yeah, you adapt these like really big eyes first, right? So like the alien grays have like these really big black eyes and they look like something that would live underground or live in a low light environment. 
And so I don't know if deep space is necessarily a low light environment, but I know underground would be. And so I think to myself a lot of times, like, what if the alien greys are actually us from the future after a nuclear war where we've had to go into hiding underground and they're back here to kind of research where they came from? Should write a book on it. I would have been thinking about it, man. I want to do a movie, actually, a Netflix movie. How do you plan on getting that across? I don't know, man. I know some people who do shit like that, but yeah, I don't You're know. Looking man. at me like I know people, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think you know people, but you might know a couple of people, but I know people who know people who do, who have done stuff like that. My daughter actually just worked on a project in new mexico and i don't know how much i can discuss about that because it hasn't necessarily been picked up or denied yet by netflix but they were working on trying to get a netflix thing going on she sent me some of her demo reel from that so netflix just paired up with microsoft that's a dangerous combination anything that pairs up with microsoft is dangerous but it wouldn't even have to necessarily be Netflix. I mean, it could be Hulu. I could do Hulu original or a fucking Amazon original or something like that. So if anybody who listens to this podcast happens to know somebody who's in the film production arena and is looking for some good ass, I have some definite fucking ideas on some badass sci-fi flicks that have not been addressed before, including some stuff with AI and with aliens. So yeah, you know, like feel free to hit Robbie up and let's collaborate. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying, you know, like if they would contact you and then you would contact me for them, you know what I mean? Like, I don't don't know how else to fucking, if they don't have Instagram, they can't contact me. I'm not your damn middleman, but where can people find your Instagram, Kelly Diffie? And where can people find your art artworks? Well, so you can find my artworks here in just a minute. I'll show you guys some of my artwork here. Um, But you can find that at, arizona underscore artistry on instagram or you can find me at rusty's underscore customs on instagram um but yeah that's that's i i got some art man i've been doing some cool art and i think that you could really appreciate some of it a lot of it has to do with trees man like i saw you trying to paint trees a few months back and i know you were getting very frustrated with it and there's some tricks I'm not to talking it that about i've discovered i don't want to talk about art off air um is there anything else you want to address you want to talk about well hell yeah we've only been on the show we've only got been on for two hours so we can talk about anything and everything but now we're gonna wrap it up let's uh let me show you some of my art real quick here Jesus let me see if i can figure out how to do this shut up stop your whining like, should have waited for the bong uh should have you should never wait for the bong. Um, what do I want to show you here? I want to see if I can figure out how to switch my camera. Bang, well, that switched from me to you there. How do all right, Kelly? I'm gonna wrap up the show. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. If you want to check Kelly's artwork out, you can check out his pages that will be linked in the YouTube description below. And look at that, it's really fucking good. Thank you. I'm wow. glad you like that. That's one. That's I something actually that I want to see another one now. Yeah. Well, let me show you here. I have some some pretty wild art. Um, this one here is something that I like. This is one of my favorites that I recently did. Oops. Holy shit. 
So that's really yeah. good. Thank you, sir. So yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff like that. Um, How much are you selling for? Um, the range in price anywhere from like a four by six goes for ten dollars plus shipping. And then these here, this is like a 16 by 20, and this is like $40 plus shipping. Um, so, yeah, I have a belief that everybody should be able to enjoy beautiful art, regardless of your financial status or situation. This is something kind of cool. This is a little series of stuff that I've done. If anybody knows about Stranger Things, this is my interpretation of the Upside Down and the Demigorgon. Um, which was a popular character um, from the earlier seasons. <clears throat> so I've got a series of paintings that I've been doing this with. Um, so and when the government takes you, we'll be able to have your paintings to remember you by. Uh, exactly. So I've done a lot of wildlife. I've been doing some stuff called tape art. This stuff is really beautiful. Um, <clears throat> this is like geometric tape art here. So. Doing the uh, the neon colors with it there, and then in contrast with the black and white lines, I've got a lot of like different. Some of it I've got black fill in, some of it I've got the color fill. So I've just been experimenting with a lot of fucking serious in those shorts. What are those? These are what are those? My Stranger Things shorts, bro. Jesus my pajama shorts. Stranger Christ. Things. All right, we're wrapping up the show. I have fucking <laughs> scientists that come on this thing. Are you fucking kidding me? Hell yeah. <clears throat> All right. I appreciate you having me on, Robbie. It's always a pleasure to, to, to chat with you, man. We've chatted like 15 fucking times on this show. It's great. I love it every single time. <laughs> it gives you a little bit of a break from all the serious shit you do. So yeah, it does get a little heavy. A little I can. Yeah. yeah. So, well, dude, high five, bro. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Kelly Diffie. If you want to check out his previous episodes, you understand our relationship is a kind of complex and somewhat not complex. The less you think about it, the better. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast, and stay tuned for our next episode. It's been a pleasure.